0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 17th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The Federal Reserve has raised its target for banks lending to each other, and it's raised the rate it pays banks for holding excess reserves. George Selgin, director of the Cato Institute's Center for Monetary and Financial Alternatives, says the former is largely meaningless and the latter actively damaging. We spoke after the Fed announcement
1: yesterday. In the good old days uh, before the crisis, When the Fed would uh, announce a different target for the federal funds rate, uh, it was able to actually achieve that target uh, by buying or selling uh, government securities which would either increase or reduce the available supply of bank reserves. And so that would mean that the rate at which banks lend to each other overnight would be influenced by how readily available reserves were. The problem is that uh, during the crisis, the Fed essentially lost control of the federal funds rate and despite its uh, various efforts to uh, maintain that control, the Fed found that uh, the uh, target it was setting or trying to set for the federal funds rate, the target that it announced was no longer uh, related to the actual uh, uh, rate of interest at which banks were, in fact, exchanging reserves, trading reserves on the overnight market, which had fallen below the target. Uh, So the Fed, uh, for example, uh, for some time in 2008 had set the target federal funds rate at 2%. But no trading was taking place at 2%. Whatever trading was taking place was taking place below that. The situation has essentially remained that way uh, right up to this time. So there is, a, an, a, there was, before today's decision, a federal funds rate target. But nothing was happening at that rate in the overnight market. So we could say that the target was above whatever the true equilibrium interest rate was at which trading on the federal funds market would take place. Uh, And 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 now they've doubled that rate. Now they have doubled the federal funds rate target, which is to say they've made it that much higher than uh, is consistent with actual market conditions. And so, of course, uh, that means uh, that uh, uh, they're merely changing their target, but they are not there's no more reason to suppose that they're reaching or going to reach that target than has been the case uh, in the last few years. So the increase in a target that you don't actually meet uh, in itself is purely symbolic. That is, it it doesn't follow that anything is actually happening to interest rates generally in the economy as a result of this gesture. So the uh, other half of this is uh, raising –
0: the rate of interest that the Federal Reserve itself pays to banks for holding excess reserves. Now, let's let's do a little history lesson here. How did we get to the point that the Federal Reserve was paying interest on reserves held by banks?
1: Well, the story here is fascinating, but also very perplexing because uh, – uh, it is one of the most counterproductive steps the Fed took, and the uh, logic behind it, as offered by the Fed, is really quite contorted. So let me try to explain uh, the um, <clears throat> uh conventionally, the, the Fed pays banks nothing on either the reserves they're required to hold because of minimum requirements or reserves they hold above those minimum requirements, so-called excess reserves. Uh, now, uh, sometime in 2006, actually, the Fed got permission to start paying banks' interest on reserves for reasons that, of course, had nothing to do with the financial Uh, crisis, which had not really broken out yet. Uh, The idea was that uh, banks suffer an opportunity cost from holding reserves, especially reserves they are required by law to hold. And so it would be more efficient if they could earn interest on these reserves proportional to interest that they could get from lending. Uh, Now, the Fed had not implemented this policy. Uh, But when the crisis came in October 2008, arguably at the absolute uh, peak of the crisis, it started to pay banks uh, to hold reserves. Now, two things have to be said about that. First is uh, that uh, it was, uh, in fact, a a highly contractionary uh, decision because at the time, uh, interest rates were falling. As I explained earlier, in fact, uh, rates were so low that uh, banks were no longer willing to lend funds overnight uh, at the uh, Fed's targeted uh, federal funds rate. They were lending way way below that. and Indeed, the rate at which they were willing to lend was rapidly approaching zero. But – At this very time, the Fed starts to pay banks not to lend and pay them a rate which already back then was above uh, where the federal funds rate was heading, which meant it was cheaper for banks or more lucrative for banks to hold on to excess reserves than to lend them overnight. Uh, Now, why would the Fed do this at a time when economies collapsing? That is, why would it discourage banks from lending to one another and to other people? Why would it encourage them to hold on to reserves instead? And the answer is that the Fed at this time, and uh, for some months before, had been engaged, as we all know, in emergency lending to particular banks and later to non-bank firms uh, that were in trouble. Of course, to in making loans to these particular enterprises, the Fed was giving them reserves. However, the Fed did not want these operations to increase the overall availability of reserves in the system uh, and to sponsor corresponding increases in total lending because it was trying to keep control of the federal funds rate target. Remember how I said they held the target at 2% but eventually they they couldn't get banks to actually uh, uh, the market rate to actually stay 2% well. Part of their effort to try and keep uh, the federal funds rate uh, at target was to make sure banks didn't have a lot of reserves that to lend on that market, which would tend to make that federal funds rate fall. So up until October 2008, here's what they did. When they lent money uh, to a troubled bank, as they did through several of their new emergency lending facilities, or directly in the case of certain bailouts, they... removed an equivalent amount of reserves from elsewhere in the system by selling treasuries off of their portfolio, uh, which is equivalent to buying back reserves. So they were enhancing the liquidity of certain institutions, but they were making up for it by reducing market liquidity in general. And this meant that there was no overall increase in liquidity that could have spilled over into interest rates and contributed to the Fed's failure to keep them where it wanted them. This, this part of the Fed's strategy, again, up to 2000, October 2008, is called, was called sterilized lending. However, in uh, 2000, October 2008, the Fed had reduced, by that time, the Fed had reduced its Treasury's portfolio so much that it no longer had any ammunition with which to sterilize its uh, emergency loans, particularly in connection with the AIG bailout. Um, And so what what was it going to do to prevent banks from having stuff that would increase total lending and reduce interest rates further? Well, this is when they came up with a bright idea of instituting interest on reserves uh, at a time when they hadn't planned to and hadn't even had permission to do it yet. They got the permission to institute it earlier than planned for the purpose of making sure that new reserves they created, which they no longer could avoid creating by sterilization, would be immobilized, would be held on to the banks that got hold of them instead of used to make loans. And again, the purpose of this was to prevent any general increase in lending that would reduce interest rates bef- below what the Fed was still trying to maintain as its uh, interest rate target. The problem is that while all this is happening, total lending in the economy is collapsing. It takes a wild dive in the last quarter of 2008 and keeps diving down after that. So, um, in other words, the Fed was going about all these policies to prevent an increase in liquidity in the economy and prevent an increase in lending in the economy – At a time when lending is collapsing, which is to say the Fed went through all these shenanigans as if its goal was to make sure that credit collapsed (laughs) because without these steps, credit would not have collapsed or would have certainly have collapsed less. Uh,
0: What should the Fed have done at this meeting? Whatever they should have done earlier, we won't worry about that. But what should they have done at this meeting?
1: Well – uh, the payment of interest on reserves, which was so counterproductive back in 2008, has has continued to be uh, an anti-recovery uh, uh, measure, though not regarded as such by the Fed. And um, most estimates of where uh, interest rates in the real economy are, their natural levels, place them... In, uh, place short-term interest rates at negative levels. Even Janet Yellen has a paper where she cites all the literature and approvingly on estimating the federal funds rate natural level today as being not much different from zero. Okay, so what does that mean? It means two things. It means, first of all, that there's no sense in having a federal funds rate target that's above the estimated and likely natural Federal funds rate. So that gesture was meaningless. They shouldn't have done anything. They shouldn't have changed the target. Perhaps they shouldn't even talk about a target that's just not where interest rates are. And changing the target doesn't change where they go. It's as if you're a marksman, and um, you know you're, you 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 uh, put a, your target further away uh, uh, in order to show what a great marksman you are, except for that your arrow hasn't been reaching the target even when it was closer. Okay, this is more or less what's happening. As regards the interest on reserves, um, the that interest rate, instead of being doubled, should have been eliminated. The Banks shouldn't be encouraged to hold excess reserves in, econo- in an economy that's still, still uh, uh, having problems, is still not fully recovered from the depths of the crisis. The case for having an interest rate on reserves, it, on reserves, is, if it exists at all, is one for having banks earn interest at a time when everybody's earning interest so that the banks are not worse off than anyone else. But what we've got now is banks being paid more uh, on interest than, than, uh, than they can get from lending. And that means that they're actually uh, uh, getting a nice deal at a time when uh, other people's earnings, rates of returns, etc., are are very bad. So both of these moves have been uh, quite wrong-handed, but no more so than the moves that the Fed has been taking since the beginnings of this crisis.
0: So to what extent is are these payments on reserves, these continued payments on reserves, a subsidy paid to banks by taxpayers?
1: Uh, they are that in an important sense. The revenue that the Fed earns on its portfolio uh, is used to uh, for two purposes. First of all, the Fed covers its expenses out of these r- revenues. It does have lots of operating expenses. Uh, <clears throat> but whatever is left over uh, normally is rebated to the U.S. Treasury. So essentially, uh, some that means that some part of the uh, the uh, debt that the Treasury has outstanding that's held by the Fed, it's effectively not really having to pay any interest on the debt. And that's, that, of course, is a break to taxpayers. Uh, conversely, by paying interest to banks on their excess reserves, which t- today that's a, a large amount of money because those excess it's trillions reserves – dollars. The excess reserves are trillions of dollars, and the interest on those reserves uh, is itself, therefore, not by any means uh, uh, trivial. And uh, that means that taxpayers, uh, the first approximately the government itself, but uh, ultimately taxpayers uh, have a greater debt burden to foot uh, than they would otherwise. And so uh, you can view this as a subsidy to the banks. Of course, it's, uh, it, it can't be blamed on the banks. By the way, it can't exactly be blamed on the FOMC because the interest rate on reserves is set by the Federal Reserve Board, interestingly, not by the FOMC. So the decisions today consisted of a decision that was, strictly speaking, a decision uh, that had to be approved of by the FOMC, which was the uh, federal funds target rate, and one that was uh, instituted by the Federal Reserve Board, which, for reasons that are uh, rather obscure, uh, has retained chosen to retain control of the interest on reserves. That's, of course, an important policy issue right there, because as interest on reserves becomes a more important tool of monetary policy... Effectively, what that means is that uh, monetary policy is being controlled more by the Federal Reserve Board than by the FOMC, which is not the way it's supposed to work.
0: George Selgin is director of the Cato Institute Center for Monetary and Financial Alternatives. Read more of his work at Cato.org.